What's going on, Mighty Warriors? I'd like to invite you to take a seat and listen up while I share some life experiences that can help you go from merely surviving to thriving. Welcome to Thriving in the Trenches. What's up, Warriors? Welcome to episode 41 of Thriving in the Trenches with me, Jonesy. Today, I just wanted to start off by saying I had a bad day. And that's kind of where we're going with this one today. So I've mentioned it in previous podcasts that uh, at one point a few years back, I was kind of on the verge of committing suicide. And, you know, you're hearing me now. So obviously I did not follow through with it. But I was kind of against the ropes for a little bit there. And so between yesterday and today, a course that I'm taking, there was a lot about suicide and death and a lot of strong opinions that those who commit suicide are cowards or weak or all of the above. And, you know, a couple other things were said in it. It kind of hit a little close to home and made me have to reevaluate some thoughts that I had and whatnot. And, um, you know, I was just feeling off for a day or so. And it is what it is. All, overall, it's a very good thing that it happened because, like I said, it caused me to reevaluate some things and realize that there were some, I guess, uh, some issues around my experience that were just left unresolved. Um, nothing super critical that's going to take me down in the dumps or anything like that, but it was stuff that I had to work out and it kind of caused some confusion, sort of in the sense of like in my mind, there was a a contradiction, almost like, you know, grabbing a cup of water and saying this cup of water is hot and this cup of water is cold at the same time. And the, the two can't be true for one individual, in this case, me, that's holding the cup and sensing the temp, right? It's, it's, it's hot, it's cold, it's warm, it's something, but it can't be both extremes at the same time. And so just speaking about my personal experience with that, I think, you know, what I, what I figured out is that because I had left some things unresolved, when I heard those statements about being weak or being a coward, that it, it, it kind of truthfully made me feel attacked. Like I'm not weak and I'm not a coward and I'm not selfish, which that was another one that came out as being selfish. Like I, I'm, I know that I'm not those things. And somewhere there was a disconnect in my mind as I was hearing this stuff that regardless of whether those statements are true or not, I didn't commit suicide. And so they don't even really apply. And I had some difficulty detaching myself from those statements. And that was kind of what I learned from that today. But it kind of makes me want to tell that story and not that story, but elements of my experience a little bit more. And ultimately, you know, I think we make these decisions or judgments or whatever you want to call it about people in that situation and right, wrong, or indifferent, everybody's entitled their opinion and their, their own kind of choice on how they want to view life. I mean, that's what we all do, right? But not everybody realizes what it's like in that seat. And I think for me, when I was sitting there, I do have kids that, uh, 
that that count on me, my ex-wife, like she counts on me to help raise our children. And, you know, there's, I've got other family and different things that I'm a part of, you know? And so if I would have followed through with committing suicide, like there would have been loss in the lives of multiple other people. And I think from their standpoint, like, oh, that's a really selfish move. But I think what people fail to understand is that in the midst of a situation like that, there's not a lot of thought of like, I'm going to do this to be selfish. I'm going to do this because I don't care about anybody else. But to the contrary, it's for me, I cared so much specifically about my daughters. And it was a thought of not getting to see them enough and not really spending the time that I want and feeling like a failure as a father those things just drove me into a very dark place in which for a, a moment I only saw, I, I well, I didn't see any way out of it. Like no matter what scenario I came up with, it was me being distant from my girls, me being a bad father, me not getting enough time with them, just failure after failure after failure after failure. Now, I'm not saying that my thinking was 100% correct. But that's the point, is that it was very cloudy and there didn't seem to be a better option. And just for those who don't know that maybe just jumping in and kind of figuring out like, okay, well, if that's how you felt, what happened? I attributed 100% to God in that moment. Um, I really... I heard a voice in my head that was not my own. It was way too clear and logical to be me at that moment. But it was like, hey, you want to kill yourself. You're upset because you miss your kids. How often will you see your kids if you do this? And that thought right there was enough for me to be like, wow, this isn't the right choice. And I don't know what the right thing is to do from here. I don't know where to go. But this thing that I'm thinking about doing is off the table because it only furthers the <laughs> the disconnect between me and my kids, which is what caused the problem in the first place. And sadly, not everybody gets that same moment of clarity in the time that it matters. Um, but yeah, from there, I did go on to seek some other means of treatment and <clears throat> here's the the big reveal is that I started taking antidepressants and I was on antidepressants for about a six month period and then off them for quite some time and then got back on them for, I think maybe another six to eight months or maybe it was the other way around. I don't quite remember the timeline. It was some time ago and, you know, I wasn't keeping records of what I'm doing and when I'm doing it. I was more work, working on uh, just climbing out of the hole that my life choices had got me into. And that kind of brings us to what I want to talk about today, which is kind of suicide, specifically in men and uh, mental health. And so just a little bit more detail about my experience I was in a situation where I was feeling down in the dumps and depressed about this stuff, about my kids, and really didn't know what to do. And like I said, I couldn't see an out. I couldn't see a solution. 
that would work at the time because my thoughts, my brain, everything was so clouded. So just, just shrouded in this dark cloud of depression. And I'm sure there's a number of people that I was friends with them and still friends with uh, today that could have helped me to kind of see through all the BS that I was buying into. And that's the, uh, the big issue that I believe that we have in this country as males. We're too tough to talk. We're too proud to go to the people that we trust and break down and be like, hey, you know what? Like something isn't right. I'm broken. I'm hurting. I'm needing help, whatever. And I think had I done that, it would have never got as close to me committing suicide as it as I did. And uh, there's a lot of people out there that aren't as fortunate. I was doing a quick study or a quick like little research on Google before I jumped on here. And it's the numbers are actually kind of funny. It's kind of hard to, to find good data um, for recent years. But a quick search revealed that there was more than 47,000 suicides in 2018. And while some of those were females, um, you can look at statistics over and over again, and they always point to men having a much higher rate, like sometimes three times, four times as much as women. So, you know, even if we're being just kind of real quick in that estimation, we're looking at probably like 30,000 dudes that, that committed suicide. And uh, really that's unsat. It's, it's not okay. And based on my experience, far be it from me to, to be the one to judge those people as weak cowards or selfish or anything like that. I mean, I view them as people that were in a situation that they did what made the most logical sense to them at that time. Agree or disagree. That's how I choose to view it. You can view it how you want, but, um, at any rate, that's, that's 30,000, dads, 30,000 sons, 30,000 brothers, 30,000 whatever, you know, significant others, husbands, and just taking their own lives because they didn't see a way out. And again, going back to my own, my own experience, it's, I, I believe that in this country, we're taught from the day we start to comprehend, comprehend stuff that as a boy or as a man, you don't cry. Like the only emotion that's acceptable is anger. Like you got to be tough and you got to be a rock and you got to be a pillar. And we grow up with those attitudes and really just shut down our emotions. We shut down who we truly are. And I've mentioned this before and you don't have to agree with creation. You can agree with whatever you want. At the end of the day, all humans have emotion. And whether you believe in evolution and we got stronger as a species and survival of the fittest or, you know, or you believe in a God that created us or some other kind of God that created us or the universe, just whatever. I don't, I don't care what you believe. The fact of the matter is that we all have emotions and how can every single man on this planet have the same, whatever flaw or mutation or whatever that gave us emotions that we're not supposed to have. It doesn't make any sense to me. 
not at all, not a lick of sense that, that this thing is here and it's in all of us and it shouldn't be here. Which again, this thing being emotions like, you know, sadness or, or just anything other than anger, because anger is what is accepted in men. You can be mad and that's about it. I mean, everything else that's acceptable for dudes is a spinoff of, of mad or of anger. So you're mad, you're frustrated, like irritated. All those things are just kind of, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess sub emotions of anger at the heart, just to a lesser degree. But, uh, how is that possible that, that we all have this same defect if we're not supposed to feel these emotions? If we're not supposed to accept these emotions. Um, I talk a lot. I quote Justin Dulahanty from the Alpha Code. He's a great mentor and just a great man in general and like has helped me walk through a lot of things in life. But he talks about emotion is energy in motion. And the thing is, I, I have experienced being really angry. And using that anger in a really tough workout and at the end of it, I'm spent and like that anger that was there has gone down or I've been angry driving in my car and just let out what we call a primal purge, just like, ah, like a battle cry at the top of my lungs and do that a few times and that anger level drops, that energy goes somewhere. And I'm sure any men listening out there are probably like, yeah, or even if you're not on board with it, you kind of be like, oh, I understand. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So what's the difference between that and if I'm feeling a deep sadness inside, shedding tears? Why is it not okay for dudes to cry? Why is it not okay for a dude to be upset and be sad and, and tear up when something's going on why is it not okay for dudes to be sensitive you know and it's like we live in this world where we're talking about acceptance and this and that and everybody every guy out there be like no it's okay if you do that but then they're telling themselves i can't do that i'm a man men don't cry (laughs) and i know because i've been there but here's the problem with that is we bottle up all this emotion and we think we're suppressing it and we think we're tough and we're thinking that it doesn't bother us but guess what That energy has to go somewhere and we can bottle it up for a while. We can stuff it down, but it comes out. How many out there have had a drunken night where all of a sudden somebody says something wrong and you're just flipping out and upset, like you're mad, you're pissed off, you're crying, you're swinging at people, whatever, just raging for really no real reason. That's all bottled up emotion. That's like that energy. It's getting out some way, somehow. And I mean, even using drinking in, in general, I mean, I'm guilty of it myself. We, we have drinks because it's like, you know what? Like, I don't want to focus on this. And I'm not saying everybody out there is that goes through that kind of thought process is drinking. Like, I got to drink to forget. I got to drink this away. But no, we use it as a distraction. I drink to have fun with my friends and forget about whatever it was that's bothering me. But I mean, look at it like this. If your car has a flat tire and you go drink a beer or hang out with the buddies or play some video games or do whatever and distract yourself from that flat tire, it doesn't just go away. You can get in your car and start driving and it's going to feel a little different and you just accept it. But at the end of the day, you're going to damage a lot more. 
That tire doesn't get fixed until you actually focus on that tire, accept that it's flat and fix it. And it's the same with these emotions that come up in us, these things that, that, you know what? I do get hurt feelings sometimes. Sometimes my kids might say something. I'm like, oh man, like that hurts. Sometimes my ex-wife might say something. Sometimes one of my friends might say something and it's not even meant to be mean, but it like makes me reflect a little bit. And I'm like, dang, I need to work on that. I need to fix that. But the reality of the matter is that most of us men are too damn proud to seek out that help. We're too damn proud to say that, hey, this is a deficiency of mine. Why is it in the gym we can walk up to somebody and be like, you know what? Like you can bench way more than me. What are you doing? Help me get there because it's tough. It's macho. It's masculine. But when it's like, hey, when I'm in this situation, I start feeling a little uneasy. It makes me nervous. I get I get filled with fear. Like, can you help me process through that? No way. I'm not going to admit that stuff. That makes me weak. Really? Where's the real weakness though? Is it, is it weak to have the courage, to have the strength to man up to something and be like, Hey, you know what? I'm struggling in this area. I need help. Or is the real weakness to just ignore it and drink your way through it or fight your way through it or sleep around with different women to get through it while everything that you're responsible for is crumbling. Your family's falling apart. Your sons and daughters are looking to you for guidance and you got nothing because when you have a bad day, you just go sleep around. When you have a bad day, you go grab a drink and hang out with the boys. When you have a bad day, you just storm around pissed off, bashing stuff. Like, what are we teaching our kids? What are we teaching each other? And this stuff is really like, I'm, I'm really passionate about these things. And I'll tell you, I have, I have two little girls and I'm so grateful for the fact that I almost committed suicide because it was really a wake up call for me. And it really opened my eyes to the fact that I do have different feelings and I do have things that are that are sitting below the surface that I need to address. And by addressing those, it gives me more power. It gives me more knowledge, wisdom, more resources to be able to address both current and future challenges that my little girls may have, especially the ones on an emotional level. I can, I can empathize and I can sympathize with them because maybe they're going through something and I've experienced similar emotions And because I've accepted those similar emotions, I can share those things with them. I can help them walk through it so that they can be stronger people, so that they can walk through this life victorious. And here's the thing. You know, you might think everything I was saying about our avoidance strategies is just full of BS. If it's BS, then why are 30,000 men a year smoking themselves or choking themselves or taking pills or whatever method they may use, hanging themselves. But why are 30,000 dudes dying if we're all good, if we got it all figured out and we can just battle through it and be pissed off? Men, if you believe that that's the, the truth, 
that those emotions make you weak. You're part of the problem. You're part of the problem. You're part of the reason that girls and boys are growing up fatherless. You're part of the problem, the part of the reason why wives are losing their husbands, why families are falling apart. Part of the reason why even in homes with fathers, the kids are still coming up jacked up or following in the exact same footsteps and running into the exact same problems. The real strength is in owning exactly who you are, every aspect of who you are. Now, I'm not saying we need to operate out of our emotions. I'm not saying it's okay for me to get sad and go run around and ball and do this and not face any of the responsibilities I have. That's being childish. That's being immature. There are those times. Every single day that I go to work, I've got to kind of check my emotions for a little bit, be aware of them, but there's certain situations in which those emotions could cost me or my partners my life or their lives. And so I'm not saying that we need to be ruled by them. But just like any other project, you're working on something in the garage, rebuilding an old car or something, and whatever, the kid comes in and wants to play, and you choose to focus on that kid. You put the project aside. It's not fixing itself, but you focus on what's important right then, and then you come back to continue working on that project. Why can't we do that with our emotions? Why can't we do with the, that with our feelings, with the things that are cutting us so deep and literally bleeding us out? I guess what I'm saying here is accept that the way we've been doing things is wrong. And I'm not saying you got to be some soft, sensitive, caring, I hug and love. Like I, I busted up with the boys with the best of them and I'm in the gym working out and I'm down to fight. If we got to fight all those things, like I'm still a man, I'm more of a man now than I was three years ago, four years ago, even two years ago. And I'm more of a man because I've learned to accept the things that are inside of me. And I said it before, like, you can call me weak because I got tears in my eyes. But guess what? I'll go toe-to-toe with you with these same tears in my eyes, and I'm going to get you. And that isn't because I think I'm better than everybody else. Like, I mean, I'm just using that as an example. But, like, men, we've got to wake up. We've got to set the standard. We've got to be the men in our homes and really rise up and teach our children and teach each other that it's all right to ask for help. It's all right to go through tough times. We all do it. And there's one thing that I can guarantee is that everybody has a breaking point. Everybody does. But you know what? When I hit that breaking point and I reach out to one of my buddies... One of my my brothers, they're not going to look at me different. They're going to see the same Josh Jones that I've been day in, day out for years and years, and the same Josh Jones that I'm going to be after that moment. And they're going to be there to hold me up when I'm having that moment. Hey, this is overwhelming. I don't see a way out of this, man. I need help. Those dudes are going to help. The people I surround myself with are going to help. And we're all going to rise stronger. 
that's all I got. Went on a little bit of a rant there, but like I said, I mean, I had some things come up that reminded me of a few things, and this is an issue that needs to be talked about. Mental health is is so just bastardized, and there's such a stigma around it, and that's why I mentioned the antidepressants earlier. Like, I took antidepressants, and yeah, for a long time, there was a lot of shame around that, but you know what? It took the edge off so that I could do the work that I needed to get to where I am now. You break your arm, you're going to take some kind of pain meds. So a lot of people out there are going to the gym to get beast mode, you know, like, I mean, I like working out again. People were popping pre-workouts and drinking protein after and all this stuff to, to help you overcome that next lift you're trying to hit, to help you get stronger, to help you get better. How's it any different with mental illness? I'm always available to talk to people about this stuff. If you got any questions, if you want to hear more about my story, if you just want some some coaching, um, I won't say counseling. I'm not a counselor, but I'm available. You can reach me at underscore thriving in the trenches. You can reach me on Facebook at Josh Jones. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you see what the label picture looks like. It's the exact same picture on those profiles, so you'll know you got the right one. And that being said, in April, I'm looking at picking up six to eight clients to work with for 12 weeks. So uh, reach out. Everything that I know, everything that I've learned, I'm willing to share. I love you folks and hope you all have a great week. Hope you folks have a great week and know that as you sit right here, right now, that you are enough. You have inherent value that cannot be taken from you. You are loved. You are appreciated. And no matter what you do, it will not take away from the amazing person that you are. That's all I got. Have a great week.